The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Buying a home? Selling your home? You've come to the right place. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfy with Remax, the Golfy team. Welcome to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. Another beautiful Saturday here in the city. A little colder than we're used to, but that's okay. We live in Canada. And if you want to live in the Hamilton, Burlington, Niagara area and get into a new home or you want to sell your home, you got to get the Golfy team on your side. Call them today at 905-575-7700. Online, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. You'll be contacting the first ever real estate team in Hamilton to sell 1,000 homes in a year. They're all over TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check them out on social media. You can get an instant home estimate as well. GolfieHomeValue.com is the website. Again, GolfieHomeValue.com. If you're kind of wondering, hmm, I wonder how much my home could go in this market. GolfieHomeValue.com. And if you have a question for the Golfie team that you would like addressed on a future show of the Golfie Real Estate Show, questions at RobGolfie.com is the email address to get your question answered. Lots going on uh, with the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition today. We're going to talk about vertical sprawl, something we haven't really discussed that much on the show or even in the city. We're going to talk about a potential surtax on million-dollar homes. We have a housing market update from RBC, which is interesting. Uh, trouble ahead, perhaps, for some Airbnb hosts, but we'll begin the day with some busy stuff in and around town. How's your week going? Yeah, no, it's been pretty good. We have just done, uh, last weekend, we did our first parade. It was in Niagara Falls. It was awesome. You know, I was prepping the, you know, our float and getting everything ready. It's just so much. I didn't realize there is a lot of prep and and organization, (laughs) uh, you know, just putting everything together. I had everybody helping me. It was fantastic. I loved it. Every, you know, a lot of cheers and, and a lot of, a lot of people were, uh, just kind of amazed of the float hmm. when we had like a, a, a smoke coming out of our chimney. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, it's, it's actually a fog machine, but it was fantastic. It looked great. We had a lot of looks, a lot of people taking pictures. And it, and I think a lot of people appreciated uh, me being there walking. I was walking uh, right behind the float and, you know, just, uh, you know, people saw who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they see this guy on the billboards and TV and stuff like that. So it was really fantastic. And we got another parade um, we're doing uh, in uh, Hamilton. Uh, it's uh, uh, today at uh, six o'clock. It's a night parade. Love it because uh, my float is all full of lights and that's what uh, it looks the best that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be awesome and uh, looking forward to, to that parade uh, in, in Hamilton. I guess that starts, I mean, the parade uh, starts uh, with Bay Street, Barton, south on Bay to York, east on York to James and north on James uh, to Barton. So nice. if you're uh, looking to watch the parade uh, today, uh, just, uh, yeah, head on downtown and uh, check it out. It'll be fun. There's a lot of floats that are going to be in there. And uh, I think we're going to be at the first 
uh, quarter of the parade. I think the newbies are in the in the beginning, <laughs> and hopefully we work our way back in the middle uh, in the middle sometimes. So I, I'm not sure where we rank as uh, as a newbie, I guess, because I noticed Niagara Falls we were in in the in the first quarter uh, of the uh, the parade, and, mm-hmm. and we are also in Hamilton. So it's, it'll be good. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. What What was the crowd like at the Niagara Falls one? Were there a lot of people? And I would imagine probably was a pretty good fair share of people because we haven't been able to do this sort of thing for a couple of years. It, it was, I couldn't believe how many people uh, were all standing by. It was, it was like, like six people deep. Like it was, it, it was, it was unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe how many people came out to that. Pre- I go, where are all these people parked their cars? Like <laughs> it was just, it was, it was, it was packed. It was packed. And uh, it, it, they did a, fantastic job it was it was great i i definitely you know i enjoyed it like it was a lot of fun you talked to a lot of other people with their floats and you know and talking about doing you know different things and stuff but it, it i couldn't believe the people and i because this is probably what the first one since i guess the last one was 2019 mm-hmm. so yeah. three years ago so people were, were looking forward to this you know it was it was a, it was an awesome awesome experience and and i think hamilton's gonna have uh, a, a, a large turnout too, probably more so than ever before. I mean, there's kids that were born in probably 2018, 19, or even 17 that are now realizing what, you know, things are, and this will be their first parade. Uh, so there'd be like four or five years old, three-year-olds. Um, my, my grandchild, uh, I have three grandkids now, but the oldest one is three. And uh, yeah, she was loving it. She was loving it, and it was fantastic. Can you imagine? And the weather's supposed to be okay. I mean, it's going to be a bit chilly, but can you imagine having a parade this weekend with the weather that Buffalo is going to be getting? Upwards of five oh. feet of snow. <laughs> can you imagine that? I can't believe that. I, I just hope that doesn't happen. I mean, our <laughs> the float does look good with snow on it. Yeah, yeah, it not that much though. But uh, but that that's a lot of snow. They, I don't even know. They probably have to cancel it. I don't uh, yeah, even I think, think they so. could, you know, uh, the, the roads wouldn't be cleaned and they would have to cancel it. That, that, that's uh, like Blizzard of 77, if yeah. anybody's old enough to remember that. That's, yeah, that's, that's nuts. Um, agents trying to negotiate before seeing a property. What's happening with this? Uh, you know what? It's so ridiculous. Um, people like, we're getting agents and, and mostly out of town agents uh, trying to, you know, hey, Rob, you know, what's, what do you think your guys will take? I go, what are you talking about? You haven't even looked at the place yet and you're already trying to negotiate. I said, view the property with your client and then call me. Don't, don't do this before you show up. And you know what they're doing is they are taking the drive down the Queen Elizabeth way from Toronto and they're trying to, I don't know. They're like, they just don't want to like, this is why you shouldn't use an out of town agent for anything. Got to use somebody that lives and works locally. And, you know, like these guys aren't doing their job representing their buyers that well. I mean, they're, they're trying to save time for themselves, but they're not looking into uh, helping their clients out. Maybe this could be the right house and they may write it off or they, or it, it's, it's hard to tell, but they, they're not doing their job right. They, they should be uh, viewing the property and then calling me, not call me before and ask. I, and I always tell them, like, if we're asking, 1.5 million for a house. What's their expectations? Well, we got to listen to 1.5 million. What do you think? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like show the property and then, then give me uh, a, a reason 
uh, why you you're coming in as a, a lower offer or not. But yeah. don't don't try to negotiate something you haven't seen. And I, and I was telling this guy, I go, look, I'm not going to tell you anymore. Either you show the property, and then you call me. But why are you doing this first? It's it's wrong. And and a lot and a lot of them are doing it, and it's not it's it's terrible it's terrible they're trying to negotiate before they're even viewing the property and it, and i i just hate when they do that is this so, is this their know. version of working from home i mean what what's the strategy other than pure laziness really it, it, it's pure laziness that's what it is pure laziness and if your agent's doing this drop him and find another agent that you click with and, and i would probably do call an agent that is local so if you're a toronto person Moving to Hamilton or Niagara or wherever, hire the agent in Hamilton because he or she can help you and say, listen, this is the uh, area that we're looking at. This is what's going on. Here's what the price range is. And let's go from there. These guys are coming in. They have no clue of price ranges. They have no clue of the neighborhoods. They have no clue of that. There's so many people that get stuck in the wrong neighborhoods because they use the wrong agent. So just like, so if you're in, if you're a Hamilton resident and you're looking to move to Toronto, hire a Toronto agent. Or if you're looking to move Niagara, hire an agent that lives in Niagara that's in Niagara. So don't uh, don't you know don't don't go with somebody that's out of town that has no clue because he's trying to learn the com- he wants the commission for himself and he's trying to and, and he's dragging you uh, to these uh, cities or townships. So but it's it's a Good piece of advice. Just use the local agent that lives and works there. We've uh, talked about uh, luxury properties, higher-end properties uh, in the past. Is is there anything new in this regard? You know what? Like right now, because negotiations are so tough. Um, so let's say you let, let's say you have a two million dollar property, and you have to list it at two point one or two point two almost, especially in the higher end. And in the lower end, you know, you almost have to list it. You know, almost five to ten percent more, but more. I, I'd probably stay closer to five percent because they are coming in lower on their offers. Every single offer that's coming in are coming in lower, and so you know, like if you price it at two million and it is valued at two million, they're going to try to come in at one point eight, one point nine. So it's just uh, it, it it's 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 frustrating. We're just going. That's the way the market is right now, and and it's a tough market. And sometimes you don't get the call or you get the showing because you are listed five percent too high. It's just, but you really got to work the listing right now. You really have to work it, and and be on top of it. You got to be in touch with the agent, every agent that's showing it. Um, we have portal like portals in our our systems that we can tell if. Uh, an agent has sent it to his client, the listing. We can call them and say, hey, listen, I see that you, you flagged uh, this listing of ours to your client. Is there anything you want to know about it? You got to work hard in this market. Is there, get, uh, I was just going to say, is there a little more wiggle room when it comes to those higher end properties as opposed to, you know, something that's five or six or 700,000? Absolutely. There was one in Ancaster that I just saw that uh, was listed uh, uh, close to 2.5 million and it sold for 2 million. Wow. Now that's a big, that, yeah. So, so a lot of times what happens is the realtor will say, this is what your house is worth. But then the homeowner says, well, I want to try this, which is good. The realtor said, this is what your house is worth, $2 million. But the homeowner wants to list it at 2.5. Now that realtor is working 
every time somebody shows it, say, hey, listen, there's some flexibility. Don't be afraid. You know, bring in an offer and we'll see if we can hammer out a deal. Uh, that is a good agent there. Now, a lot, but surprisingly, they did get an offer. A lot of times they don't get an offer or get showings at that, that much of a price difference. But who knows? Uh, these people could have needed to sell because their mortgages, mortgage uh, is so high that it, it increased by probably two, $3,000 a month, right? So, it, you know, a million dollar mortgage, if you have a $2 million house, you got a million dollar mortgage. That could add up to a lot of interest, uh, especially the way the interest rates are going. Absolutely. If you want to sell your home or you are in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie team, at 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. When we come back, trouble ahead for Airbnb hosts. This is the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Welcome back to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can visit them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. Call the number one Remax team in Canada. That's the Golfie team, 905 575 7700. Whether you are buying or selling a home, get the Golfie team and their load of experience on their side. Follow them on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can also go online to get an instant home estimate, golfiehomevalue.com. Um, it appears that troubling waters are ahead for Airbnb hosts. I love the headline in the Global News article, Airbnb Bust, Why Canada's Short-Term yes. Rental Hosts Are In For A Harsh Winter. So is the short-term rental game in jeopardy? Well, it, it, it is. Now, a lot of people, okay, a lot of people bought their uh, property to use as Airbnb. So now two things. One, they bought at the, lower in, at the low interest rates. So if the people locked in for five years, they're good. But the thing is, it is uh, easing off. There's not as many people booking as much. So they're not filling that Airbnb that they have. And so now it's costing them money, especially now with interest rates are higher. You know, if you're on a variable rate, your cost to run that house uh, is, is going to be more money. So I've always said, and I don't know if you remember this, Rick, I've always said when you're buying a property for Airbnb, make sure that on the short, on the long-term rental, you can also rent it. So it covers itself. Now, a lot of people didn't do that and now they're feeling it and some of them have to unload. And, and, and I just, I'll tell you, I just bought furniture of one property that they're unloading their Airbnb. We sold the property for them and they had all this furniture in there. It's it's brand new furniture. And he asked me, do you want to buy it? I bought it. And, hmm. uh, uh, cause we use it for staging and everything else. But, and again, he, he's one guy that got trapped into, you know, into this, uh, life of doing the Airbnb, doing fantastic, you know, for the last year and a half and, you know, filling up the place, 
and making, you know, twice as much as if you would get on a, on a long-term rental. And now they're paying the price for it. Either they got to carry it and hold on through the winter and see if things change in the spring or just unload it and chalk it up as experience. A lot of these guys bought even before the, the market uh, went uh, high early this year. So they'll be, some of them, a lot of them will be okay when they're selling, but, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. It's tough. You got to be careful when you're buying investments. You know, you got to, when you're buying an investment, you got to buy it based on five years. I'm going to own this for five years or more. And you, you shouldn't buy anything unless you know you're going to own it for five years. And, and you'll always win in real estate. If you're, if you have that mentality in, in your mind, I would think that for those people who have Airbnb for short-term rental purposes, they have two options. The one that we just talked about is, you know, you can unload the property um, uh, in full and just get rid of it. Or would a long-term rental situation work? Say you're going to rent it out for one or two years to, I guess, kind of weather the storm. Yeah, that's the best way. Uh, and you know, they should have bought it based on long-term rental rates. And I mean, they're, they're not going to cover their uh, mortgage and expenses to, to run that house. They may be short. They may have to kick in maybe 500, you know, 600 or a thousand bucks a month just to cover, you know, even with the rental income that they get on a long-term rental. It, it, it's just, it, it's hard to tell what they can afford to do, right? Like people, I mean, people buying uh, investment properties and hopefully they either breaks even uh, and or cash flows. It's got positive cash flow. Uh, if it's got a negative cash flow of a thousand dollars a month, well, that's not your income. I mean, you'll get the tax write off because you have to put that in. So twelve thousand dollars. You put twelve thousand dollars in. You'll get you know half of that back in your uh, taxes. But it's some people can't afford to do that. You know, it's uh, it's you got to be careful. So like I said, when you're buying Airbnb. Think about what kind of rent, long-term rent you can get. And then if it, if it works, then yeah, do the Airbnb because you always can flip it over to a uh, long-term rental. And, it, and it's hard right now with housing prices and interest rates, uh, uh, even buying a rental. It is tough. Like if you're buying a $500,000 property, you know, you put 20% down at, and you know, let's say 100,000 down, you got a $400,000 mortgage. You know, you work out the rate of a $400,000 mortgage it, sometimes it doesn't cover the, the mortgage, the taxes and uh, the water and, and everything and the insurance on, on that property. So you really got to be pretty sharp to, uh, to buy a property and, and really, you know, keep an eye on the market and, and find until, unless rental rates keep skyrocketing and, and which is actually happening. Rental, uh, long-term rental rates are going up like crazy and, you know, it's, but, but not, I don't think it's enough to even cover a mortgage on a, on a property anymore. Uh, interesting headline in an RBC a monthly housing market update. The headline reads, Beginning of the End for Canada's Housing Market Downturn? Question mark. And uh, in this report, it says, uh, the pace of the slowdown or the decline is now slowing, and there was even a tiny monthly increase in home resales nationwide in October, marking a notable shift from the deep fall in activity that took place over the spring and summer. So could this be, uh, at least in October, could this be the start of that shift towards a, I don't know, more balanced market, or are we still going to be in a buyer's market for a while? I, I think I think we'll be in a buyer's market probably up until, I don't know, I, I'd say maybe January, part of February, but and then it'll go into a bit of a balanced market 
Um, it, it, it's not going to be a fast paced market that we're used to. Um, we'll definitely, it's going to be, it's just going to be, you know, it, just easy going. You gotta, you gotta price your houses, right? Otherwise it's just going to sit. A lot of houses out there are sitting and not, and not getting any showings. A lot of them are expiring off the market right now. Um, it, it's definitely, you know, we're in a transition time when that transition happens. I think, uh, the end of summer, September, I, I think it'll be back to even a better balanced market where you put a house up for sale. Uh, the sellers, you know, have a good product that's priced right. The buyers are looking at it. There might be two, three buyers looking at it, but one jumps on it. They make the deal and, and the negotiations are not going to be as much as it, it is now. Like, like uh, if you're looking at a million dollar property in September next year or August, you know, you'll probably be able to negotiate something very close to that million dollars. Right now, it is difficult. You got a million dollar property now. They're, they're coming in low, 850 to 900. And, and hopefully you land pretty close to the million dollars, but it's, it's tough in some cases, unless you got a pristine property that's completely updated. This uh, report again from RBC, their monthly housing market update, uh, says uh, home resales rose a slight 1.3% month over month in October across Canada to 424,600 units. This potentially signals market activity is nearing a bottom after sliding 36% over the previous seven months. Of note, Hamilton saw a monthly increase in October of 1.7%, according to RBC, which is higher than the national average. So still in this topsy-turvy market, Hamilton real estate is doing well. It is doing very well. You know what? And and if you look at, if you take out uh, Vancouver, and Toronto, out of the equation, all of Canada, um, you will find uh, the, the numbers would change uh, quite a bit. Like Vancouver, Vancouver are the two biggest, Vancouver and Toronto are the two biggest markets in Canada, and they kind of construe the numbers a bit. Mm-hmm. But, but, but Hamilton is um, always, it's still affordable, just like Niagara, um, and also Guelph, Kitchener, like that area, the, all the surrounding areas of, of, of Toronto is going to be, it'll be, it'll land well. And, and it's hard to tell what, uh, what's going to happen, but I, I think, are we at near the end? I, it's hard to tell. Everybody's coming out with their predictions and the one that, uh, whatever happens, that one that, uh, is going to be the winner, winner on that down the road, uh, they'll be able to say, see, I told you so, <laughs> yeah. but it, it, it is hard to tell. Are we near the end of the adjustments? I think we are. Um, I, I really do. I, I really think we are pretty close to the end. Uh, people, you know, it just depends what the, the new year is going to bring in a lot of new stuff that we don't know what's going to happen. The, our, our, our mindset is going to be different. Uh, it, it's hard to tell. Are we going to pull back more? Uh, we know uh, Christmas this year is going to be tougher uh, for a lot of people because in, their mortgages are, are a lot higher than it, than it was six months ago or eight months ago. So there, there's a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of change, a lot of change coming. This report also says the aggregate MLS home price index for Canada slipped for an eighth consecutive month in October. It was down one to 1.2% from September, which shows that the price decline, you know, has happened, but it seems to be slowing down a little bit as well. And who knows, you know, what the new year brings, especially in terms of the looming recession. We've heard about that coming and who knows how long it's going to be and how deep or how shallow it's going to be. But I would assume it's going to have an impact as well. 
it'll have an impact, but it's not going to be a long one. It, it, it won't be. Uh, we're smarter now than we were in past years. In Canada, uh, in 2009 recession, that was like, I don't know, six to nine months. Um, the one prior to that recession was the, uh, the early 90s, and that kind of lasted a long time. But as time goes on, uh, the world becomes smaller, and we learn from from mistakes. Now, there's, there is a lot, a lot of things happening in the world that's causing different things, but um, the recession, you know, if it is a recession, we went through the last one, and a lot of people don't even remember there was one, and everybody was still working. Corporations felt it more than, than people did, like big, large companies, because they sell on a mass scale. Uh, maybe, you know, like Coca-Cola, people aren't buying as much pop, people aren't buying as much clothes, people aren't buying as much this. People aren't buying as much meat because meat is expensive. And, you know, so people are buying, their buying habits are changing. And that once things get better, you know, if like, let's say food costs come back down a bit, hopefully it does. then you know, people start buying that again. But the one thing, the one thing we have to uh, uh, accept and, uh, and people may not accept this. These interest rates are going to be here to stay. They're going to be around the five, 6%. We just have to accept it. That's the way it's going to be and nothing you can do about it. Uh, now we just got to figure out where the housing prices are going to land. And I think they've almost landed because uh, I, I was looking at uh, October's numbers versus the first two weeks of November. It's not that far off. So it looks like it, it has slowed down in, uh, in the decline in the average sale price of housing. If you want to sell your home or you are in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie Team, 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. Let's talk about another interesting scenario. It's, it's not official. It, it's really a, a possibility at this point, according to this poll that was released by the Canadian Real Estate Association back on Monday that found that 62% of people who responded to this poll would support a modest surtax on homes valued above $1 million, which is interesting because you look around this area, and certainly in the GTA, the average price of a home is about $1 million. So that's a lot of people paying um, this sur- proposed at this point surtax. Um, I would assume that these people would be against paying this surtax. I know I would. And the last thing we need in these high inflationary times is to pay more money on a tax. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah. I, you know what? The Toronto already pays double land transfer tax yeah. as it is. I, I, you know, like I, I can't believe that 62% they were looking at the, like are, are okay with it. Well, they must've, they didn't go to Toronto asking these people, these questions. They didn't go to Vancouver. That's right. They, you know, they went to probably Niagara, Halifax. They probably went to the East coast, yeah. uh, you know, Saskatchewan, uh, you know, but like, I can't, like if somebody said, um, are you okay with having a, 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 a tax, a surtax on homes uh, when you purchase over a million? No, <laughs> you guys take enough money as it is. I don't want that. But, 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 I don't know where they did their surveys from, but it looks like, is that going to happen? I don't know. I mean, like they're, they're, they're doing their land transfer tax. Uh, Toronto is going to say no way. I mean, because they're paying double. So, and they tried to, and they tried to bring it to the, uh, our area, double land transfer tax mm-hmm. many years ago. And we fought that and, uh, and it stopped. But um, I, I, I don't, 
I don't know if I'll, we'll see that possibly. I mean, they put a surtax on luxury vehicles. Who knows what they're going to do? I would assume that if, and again, this is all just being tossed around as a hypothetical and, you know, what if we did this? And apparently it would raise about $5 billion a year in revenue. But would it not keep many homes under the $1 million? Like if you're selling a home and you're saying, all right, this is $1.2 million, the buyer is going to be like, well, I don't want to pay this tax. Make it nine ninety nine, and I'll buy it. Especially in that price point. Or you're going to get a lot of guys saying, hey, listen. Um, uh, I'm, I, I'm going to pay 1.1, but I'm going to give you a hundred thousand cash. You're going to see, you know, and just say, <laughs> yeah. we'll write it up as 1 million. And then I owe you a hundred grand on closing. You know, who knows? Um, uh, it, it will, it will hurt. It will hurt the housing prices, especially in that near price point. It will. Uh, well, here's some news regarding this poll again from the Canadian Real Estate Association. The support for this proposed surtax was highest in Atlantic Canada. 73% said, yeah, let's bring this in. Followed by Saskatchewan and Manitoba at 72% and then Alberta at 68%. I don't have numbers in front of me regarding Ontario or BC or maybe even Quebec in this category as well would probably be under 50%. I would not be surprised. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised either. It just... Uh there's no way, there's no way in Toronto, uh, if you ask every person that owns a house in Toronto, I mean, it's a million dollars just to start. Like, yeah. it, it, they don't, they're already paying too much, uh, especially double land transfer tax. Got to call the number one REMAX team in Canada if you want to get your home sold or you're in the market to buy a house. That's the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. Online, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. We're going to talk about something we haven't really talked a lot about in this city, and that is vertical sprawl in Hamilton. That's next here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. House. Is a very, very, very fine house With two cats in the yard Life used to be so hard Now everything is easy because of you Welcome back to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can follow them on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Call the number one Remax team in Canada. That's the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. You will be calling the first ever real estate team in Hamilton to sell 1,000 homes in a year, 905 575 7700. One thing we have not talked about at uh, at great length on this show is sprawl. And you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, we, we've been talking about the urban boundary debate and urban sprawl for many months now. Well, this is a little bit of a twist to it. This is vertical sprawl. So building up, which we've kind of talked about. But the difference now is that the provincial government has told Hamilton and other cities, really, that you don't really have a limit in terms of how high you can go. So Rob, how high is too high here in Hamilton? Well, you know what? There, there is a certain height, uh, certain height that you can go because there, there's only so much parking you can put underground. So um, can they go 50 stories? 
downtown, it, it's hard to tell on, on a small parcel of uh, land and build a 50-story building. It, it, they just couldn't possibly do it because the parking, there's not enough uh, places to put parking underground. They, they have to go too deep in parking, and it's just not going to be feasible. But, um, I mean, every other city, major city, they have skyscrapers out there. Um, now it's, I, I guess, I, I guess the limit is, uh, Toronto is, is a hundred stories, I think is the limit. And I'm not sure locally here. I know they're building a couple of 30 stories. Now the one on James street, is that, a, is that a 30 story building that they're building there? This is the television city 32 one? Story. 32 no, stories. No, no, television, no, television city, uh, applied for a 32 story, but the one that, um, uh, that Lu- Luana, uh, is building on James street by Jackson. And I, my understanding, Ooh, right. I think that was a. 30-story one? I, I believe building? you're right. Yeah, yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, 34-story they're building there. Wow. It's a so, construction of Luana's 34-story condo building, 75 James Street, near Jackson Street, is well underway after councils. Yeah, they, you saw that. They dug the hole. So that's going to be the tallest building, uh, the fir- first tallest finished building uh, in Hamilton that is going to be done. I mean, because they're under construction right now. They're building, and, I, and I'm not sure if that's a condo building or if that's a, 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 an apartment uh, building that they're building, but they are underway. They, they blocked off that whole section there, and they're building a, a looks like a skyscraper. So it's going to be taller than the uh, Century 21 building, if they still call that Century 21 building. Yeah. So Hamilton had a 30-story height limit. So this isn't too much more than that. You know, 30 and 34 isn't right. that great of a difference. Can, can you foresee... You know, these towering structures downtown, and that's probably where they would go, that would obscure, you know, the, the sight line or the, the, the view of the bay from especially those on the escarpment. If we started building, I don't know, 45, 50, 60-story skyscrapers, do you think most people would want that? I, I don't, you know what, it, it's hard to tell, but I don't think it's going to, uh, you know, deter the view of the bay from people on top of the escarpment. I mean... Like it's just this one little tall building. Uh, I think it's the direction that the world is going. We need uh, more housing, and and they want to uh, intensify uh, uh, downtown. So I, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to tell. Like you know you know I'm I'm not sure why they're worried about the people that are uh, you know their houses are backing onto the escarpment. There's there's still lots of room. It's still they still can see the bay no problem even if they go you know, 40 stories tall. I don't think it's going to deter them from seeing anything. It, it just, just makes the skyline look even better. Sometimes it, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. We do need more housing and, and this is probably the fastest way. I mean, it takes them two, three years to build one. So we're going to see a, a, a big tower and I drive by this site every day, every day I drive by, by the site and I look at it and it, and I don't know how big of a hole they're <laughs> digging because, because I'm like, I haven't seen any concrete raise above the sidewalk level right. and I'm just waiting to see like when, when they start hitting the sidewalk level. Cause there's another one up on, on uh, James street. And I think they're about 10 stories tall now. And I'm not sure how tall that one's going to be. That's an apartment building. And uh, so that one there, they've been moving along pretty quick, but I don't think it'll be 30 stories or 20 stories that I think that one's just going to be a lot smaller, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be good. I, I think uh, the you know the more people downtown, it'll be it'll be like a thriving downtown, just like it was in the, in the eighties when mm-hmm. Jackson Square was just hopping. Yeah, uh, it was just uh, 
So I, I think we do. I think we do need uh, need uh, more more housing downtown. It'll help uh, businesses. It'll help. It'll help everything. I got one more question regarding vertical sprawl. We will save it for after the break here. Listen to us then. We're coming up next here. It's the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. And one last go around here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Pleased to be joined once again by Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Call them today, 905-575-7700. You will be calling Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. If you want to sell your home or you are in the market to buy a house, go online to robgolfy.com. Com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. If you have a topic idea for a future show or a question you would like Rob to address, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. And if you are in the mood to find out how much your home could possibly be worth, go online to golfiehomevalue.com and punch in some digits and some numbers and you'll get an instant home estimate and the Golfie team will contact you to say, hey, should we move forward? You can also follow the Golfie team on on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Before the break, we were talking about vertical sprawl in Hamilton. Of course, we've talked about the urban boundary debates growing out and uh, soaking up some of the greenbelt lands. Um, building up certainly is going to utilize our infill kind of land space, whether it's a green space or maybe it's a brownfield site that we can rehabilitate. When it comes to building up, I know that the height limit is no longer in place here in Hamilton. It used to be 30 stories. We're now allowed to build a little bit taller than that. I think the argument would be a little bit, maybe even a lot different in places like Ancaster or maybe even in Upper Stony Creek. Your thoughts on building up, and I mean really up in those two communities. Yeah, I, I would say Ancaster, Stony Creek, I would not be, uh, I don't think building up that high would be wise. Uh, I would say, that, you know, I think they have a height, they did have a height uh, um, a requirement, and it was, I think it was like three stories or yeah. or even six stories the most. And I think they should just keep it that way. It'd be, it'd be sad to see one big tower start going up and, uh, and then you got all these little small, uh, units uh low rises um i i think they should just keep keep it the way it is in uh stony creek and ancaster and all these other smaller mm. areas but uh but definitely i mean well look what they did in grimsby i mean but they put it on the highway they didn't put them inside the in town right uh and they're building and they're building a whole big community there so there, there's gonna be a lot of high rises there right along the uh casablanca uh queen elizabeth way there but yeah no i i'm i'm for keeping uh ancaster uh, the way it is, and also Stony Creek, maybe you know, they, but not like maybe go six stories max, right. not 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 uh, ten, twenty stories or thirty stories. I, I, it just kind of offsets everything. Yeah, you kind of lose uh, that in, small. In you kind of lose that small town feel. Like Dundas would be a perfect example. If you wanted to Dundas and built a thirty-story tower, it'd be like mm, it's not quite Dundas anymore. 
Exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't be the same. So I, I, I would definitely uh, fight that if I was on council and say, no, no, let's just keep it the way it is. But again, you got the board government saying, hey, we need housing. Who cares? We're going to we're going to bypass that uh, yeah. and, and accept this and, and let them build. So hopefully it doesn't happen to little communities like that. And uh, and they don't put a big tower right in the middle of downtown of these nice little uh, downtown communities and in, in all over you know, in the Hamilton and surrounding areas. We are into the colder months officially. It's not winter yet, but, uh, you know, it's coming. We know that the snow is going to be flying as well. Is it too late to take pictures of your home and get them on robgolfie.com to showcase your home? Um, you you can. Um, I mean, well, once the snow comes, the snow is there, but we update pictures as it's going. So people will know they're, they're uh, if, I mean, if we have to take pictures with snow, that's fine. But, uh, you know, take pictures of the roof now, you know what I mean? Uh, so that you can tell the buyers that are buying your house that you do have a, a roof that's less than 10 years old so that they don't have to guess or anything like that. Um, but, you know, but again, you know, we, we did take a lot of pictures in the fall uh, that houses are hitting the market uh, as we speak right now. Uh, so it, it did have some great, uh, nice red leaves and in, in, in the pictures, nice fall picture. Um, and, and the same thing is, uh, in the winter, sometimes we will have a lot of, uh, a big a picture of a house with a lot of snow. And then if it melts, we'll go back there right away and take it without the snow, like during the middle of winter, you know, sometimes, you know, how we get our winters, you know, they go up and down with, yeah. uh, snow. And so we'll, we'll end up doing that. That's a great tip, and that's the service that the golfy team delivers in terms of, you know, we can have one snowstorm one weekend, and if it clears up the next, they'll be out to taking pictures of your home to get it on the market. More eyeballs on that listing, and you can certainly find that out at robgolfie.com and give them a call at 905-575-7700. So are you going to be walking during the parade this evening? Are you going to be in the little hut in your float to, to stay warm? What's your plan? No, no, I'm going to walk it. I'm going to make sure. I'm, I'm going to be out there with everybody else. I'm going to feel the weather for sure. Yeah, well, it should be a fun time. <laughs> so I know it'll be good. Everyone will be uh, happy yeah. to see you and vice versa, and it should be a great time. Rob, thanks again for your time today, and thank you for listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition. We're back next Saturday at 9, right here on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.